Fellas, say goodbye to Chuck Sherman the boy. I am now a man. I highly recommend you join the club. We are doing the wild thing all night. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Sherman. Sherman, I could build this food. Is that all you gonna eat? General Sherman realized and understood the importance of house music. So, do you know anything about techno? No. Listen. Yeah, you know. Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another brand new episode of Sherm in the Booth. I'm, of course, your host, Sherm. Today is Wednesday, August 26, 2020. This is episode 124, 124. You might have seen last week I went live on Instagram with these two, and it was such a great interview. I knew I had to share it again, and I am so excited for you guys to hear it. Episode 124 features Emmy and Blue Suede. This was such a great conversation with two people who have been brought up in different but similar ways. In this episode, guys, we discuss their humble beginnings and early experiences in music that helped inspire them to pursue careers in music. We also discuss their inspirations and influences. Emmy is from Memphis and Blue Suede is from New Orleans, and they had so many awesome stories to tell. A topic I always love touching on as well as obstacles that artists have overcome through their career. And Emmy and Blue Suede have certainly seen their fair share. You guys are definitely going to want to listen in because they have been through a lot in their life. We also talked about their new collaboration, No Disturbance, an amazing track that was released just recently on July 31st and is doing so well already across all streaming platforms. They actually were together in Nashville shooting the music video, so it was really cool to hear about the ideas they've been doing. That will be out soon. I can't wait to see it myself. But like I said, guys, this was such a fun interview. If you wait until the very end, we get a little bit of a taste of their vocal ranges, and they are both so talented. A truly incredible and powerful interview. I'm so thankful to have Emmy and Blue Suede on. So let's get into it right now, guys. This is episode 125 with Emmy and Blue Suede. All right, guys. Hey. So much better. It's so hey. <laughs> What's up? How are you? <laughs> Oh man, I love the pandemic. What about you guys? You would great. think that the Wi-Fi would be great. Like, I feel like every single day I've had some sort of issue with Wi-Fi, and I'm like, these internet companies should be booming right now because they want. I don't know. They're like the only people. Or, or not, because everybody's on it. That's true. I thought about that right as <laughs> Mr. Sway, that's a very good point. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, too. It's like, you know, I've been doing a lot of live streaming for, like, DJ sets and stuff, too. And I've never had more problems with internet connectivity in my entire life. Yeah. Right? It's, it's rough. crazy. I know. It's crazy, for real. The bandwidth channels are totally blocked up. But we're here. We're live. I'm excited to be here, guys. We're doing it. In this thing. <laughs> Take two. Thanks for being patient. I'm actually, uh, I'm actually in Indiana right now. It's where I grew up. Um, I just got back from vacation. I'm usually in Chicago at my studio and stuff. So I appreciate you guys working oh, through that with me. You know how it goes with parents, man. They're like, the Wi-Fi is good. I'm like, mom, I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah, right. I will say her Wi-Fi is the best Wi-Fi I've seen. This entire pandemic. Really? So, shout out to you, Mom. Hey. <laughs> That's okay. My dad's upstairs watching this right now, going, I'm loving this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. How are you guys doing? We're doing good. Um, 
we kind of just been working on some stuff today. Mm-hmm. Um, computer problems earlier trying to record, so we've kind of been dealing with that for a little bit. But I don't know, can't complain. I mean, there's nothing better to do during COVID than to focus on all of it. So it's been really nice to like not really have an excuse or distraction. Um, yeah. I mean, I have to quarantine, so might as well be yeah. being productive. Yeah, so absolutely. Just recording all day. Yeah, you guys, we got it, man. It's it's um it's a time when at the beginning there was kind of a middle ground where it was like we're all going through a lot. This is especially difficult for the music industry, a lot of different industries, right? But since we're in music, um, it was either like sink or swim, and it was for the first time okay to sink for a little bit, right? Because everything right. changed, right. everything flipped, and I can't believe it's August eighteenth right now. But I haven't really stopped doing interviews throughout this whole thing. I've been doing Instagram Live. I've been doing uh, new episodes of my podcast every week. And it's just been it's been really impactful to talk to artists like yourself, whether they be singers, songwriters, uh, guitar players, DJs, producers. Everybody is kind of looking at this a little differently. And it's been really interesting to get everybody's perspective on it. So I'm glad you guys are still motivated, working on music. Because it's easy to be like, well, if I can't even perform, if people aren't consuming music like they used to. But that's kind of the exciting part about it. It's uncharted waters for everybody, right? I think it's more impactful than ever to do stuff because it's like because all of your external outlets are closed, like you have to work even harder on the inside, the business side, the recording side, this, that. If anything, you should be more motivated because half of your – I guess job is kind of taken away, just like not being able to do it. Whereas other people that have jobs, they can work from home, they're getting everything done. It's like, mm-hmm. um, no, half of our resources are cut, so we have to go like 110%. Well, I guess it would be 150 on the other side. Um, yeah, but no. yeah, it's, it's just crazy. You have, you have to make the most of it. And in this, and in this time, it's kind of crazy too. So it kind of it, it, it gives you a little bit of time to sit down, reflect kind of understand why you're actually doing music and and put out music that kind of reflects the times and -hmm. and reflects what's going on or something that kind of feels good against the times you know what i mean yeah i like that man and and that and that kind of brings it full circle where like people are trying new things right now artists are taking chances um you know as an electronic yeah (laughs) exactly look at you guys it's it's awesome man and we'll get into the new track but it's just so cool to see all these different types of collaboration uh, I myself have been able to get um, a little little bigger people on the podcast because they're not touring and stuff like that, right? They have the time and I have the platform here and it's just been so cool to interview all these types of different musicians right now. But I'm, I mean, honestly, guys, I'm with you. I'm like, let's do this. Like, seriously, like, let's work hard because this is a time you can say reinvent yourself, focus on yourself, whatever you want to say. Yeah. The key word there is yourself. Was, yeah. I will say I kind of had a little experience, I guess, going through that Mm -hmm. Um, in the beginning of COVID. It was, I'm thankful because I was stuck in this rut of um, bartending, like the nightlife. Like, I mean, it would literally be like, I would have to work all night and so I'd sleep in the next day and I'd get the stuff I had to do for the next shift. Yeah. And I was just kind of getting in this pattern where I was, it's like, I'm doing this job so that I I can do, then I'm kind of not allowing my time for it um and so I'm thankful for COVID because in a weird way because it made me uh, like get back what I'm focusing on and what I need to do and um 
reinvent myself like you said like Emmy didn't come before COVID so it's just crazy I was able to hone in on goals and um, just kind of make that a priority I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear that what, what about you Mr. Blue Suede How, how's it been for you individually as an artist have there been any setbacks you feel like you've grown what's it been like for you I've grown I've definitely grown um, I've been able to really kind of <clears throat> like I said sit down and look at myself and, mm. and um, do a few different things that that I hadn't uh, really had time to really sit down and think about or do, um, and it, and you know when you're when you're working like like um, in a normal environment, a normal atmosphere, you yeah. got, you tend to like you know push things to the wayside and, and just push things to the side and say oh, I'll get to it later, you know. Uh, um, I got this talent. I'll get to it later. I'll do it. You know, yeah. I'll put out an album later. I, you know, I got all this other stuff I got going on. I do that. You know, that's easy. I, I do it. So it really kind of makes you say, okay, well, now that everybody's sitting down, mm-hmm. everybody's doing an album. Yeah. <laughs> maybe you should have ramp it up. <laughs> you should have been. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's kind of like, okay, well. Maybe I've been looking at it from the wrong perspective. Maybe I should, you know, just consistently release music, consistently stay on the up and up yeah. about everything that's going on. Absolutely, man. It's I'm... motivating to see, like, people take time, like, use their free time. Like, yeah, I mean, you're allowed to be lazy, like, at the beginning. I feel like we're all kind of like, what are we doing? Like, we're in such a weird funk. But then when you see those people um, that inspire you or motivate you or whatever working during it, it's like, man, I need to... I need to up my game. Right. Um, it's right. inspiring. So that's good. Yeah, I mean, listen, like, there's no reason to sugarcoat it. The music industry is very competitive, and mm-hmm. the one thing that I've been looking at is I've kind of been looking at it. The Michael Jordan story. He didn't make the high school basketball team, right? And right. everybody's on the bench. And although we don't know when live shows and group gatherings are going to come back, you could say next summer, but nobody knows that for sure. Um, mm-hmm. This is the off season. That's kind of how I've been looking at it, right? And guess what? There's some coach who's scouting you, whether you know it or not, or whether he's discovered you or vice versa, and you put in this work now, and you don't want to do it so that, okay, I got to get discovered, right? But, like, it's you by yourself or in small collaboration groups, and you're like, I'm really doing this for the love of music rather than it used to be, okay, I got to chase a little clout here. I got to introduce myself here. I got to shoot DMs up here. I got to make this type of music so I can get on this festival lineup. Now it's like, who are you as a person? Who are you as an artist? You know what I mean? Right. Absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. And we've been practicing that. We've just been practicing new things, new techniques, new ways. Like, I'm working in this new program called Luna. You know what I mean? It's, it's just, you Time know. Time to ex- experiment with different things. Exactly. Yeah? Mm-hmm. What's it called? What, what is it? Luna. What is that? Yeah, it's from Universal Audio. Uh, they they uh they released a software kind of like a a mashup of uh, Pro Tools and Logic. Oh and damn! It's, uh, it's pretty nice. It's That's pretty awesome. Nice. Very unique. Yeah, it's nice. So are you pr- you producing in that yeah. then too? Yeah. So I do. I do. I do. Um, I haven't I haven't really gotten into pr- the production aspect of Luna yet. Mm-hmm. But um, but it seems like it's 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 dope. It seems like it's you know it's pretty easy to you know move around in and stuff like that you know so I'm I'm, I'm going to get into it but I'm trying to focus on the recording side that's for sure man <laughs> one thing at a time that's that's one yeah. good thing you can do now you don't have to do all these things like I was just talking about focus on one task right, right? right, right, right. <laughs> so you got to hold yourself accountable 
Um, so, guys, you're in Nashville right now. I want to start in a little bit from the beginning. I mean, Emmy, are you from Tennessee? Blue Suede, are you from Georgia? Where, where did you guys, you know, originally uh, grow up? Yeah, I'm from Memphis. Um, Hell yeah, I love Memphis. Yes. How, have you been? Yeah, I have a friend who's from Memphis, and I went to a wedding there, and we went on that main street. You're going to kill me. What's the main street called? Beale Street. Beale Street. I had way too many beers on Beale Street. I went to some bar with all these mirrors in it, and there was like seven bars in there, and I had like one of the best nights of my life, but I love Memphis. Great city. Let me guess. You went to probably Silky, Jerry Lewis, and all those spots. Yeah. Those are the hot spots. Sounds about right. Sounds about right. I had some pizza. It was the beers. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, look, guys, I, I did my best, but let's just say I was a Chicago guy in a city that took a hold of me. Yo, I, I had the same night you had in, in uh, on Bill Street. Trust yeah. me. I, Sounds familiar. You know, yeah, I, yeah. And I know I was in Tin Roof, and I know I was in Silky's, and I, you know, so I, I'm sure. I'm sure. It's, uh, it's just a city that, um, really wears their, everyone wears their heart on their sleeve there, right? And you just get such this, like, welcoming feeling, and, it's really in just this this interesting part of the United States where the city in of itself is kind of this epicenter of so many different southern and midwest cultures and great plains and stuff. So I don't want to steal the answer from you here, but Memphis is a great place, that's for sure. It is. It is. It definitely is. I think, I mean, it, at one point in time, it was the music city. I mean, I know Nashville is like, we're the music city, but like, mm -hmm. without a Memphis, who's to say that Nashville wouldn't be where it's at today? I think that's um, a fact. I mean, Memphis really Nashville's was trying to compete. Yeah, absolutely. When when did you uh, really start so, getting into music? Then I mean, you grew up in a music city. Were your parents musical? When did you start singing? Um, I started singing at a really young age. Just um, whether it was at fairs or um, at. For our school, I did this, like, choir, and we we always sang at, like, church and stuff, mm -hmm. and then I took, like, vocal lessons, um, just kind of, like, more on the minor side of it. Sure. Um, I, I loved being in, like, the acapella group because, I don't know, I just, I could kind of, like, blend in without, like, my stage fright thing, and then if I wanted a solo, I could, like, do the solo thing and have a little edge, but um, <laughs> I guess, <laughs> I was like, ooh, my stage time. Um, <laughs> But then I guess I didn't really start, like, singing, singing for myself and, like, um, as a career choice until after college. And so that's kind of when I made the switch. It was a little later than Blue. I mean, Blue was singing for real since, like, 14. This guy's an OG. I know. I got I to gotta, I gotta warm up my belt here before I ask him any questions right now about being in the game. I did my research, man. Where, where, are, you, where are you originally from then, Mr. Blue Suede? So I'm originally from New Orleans, Louisiana. Okay. Yeah. Jeez. I'm talking to Memphis and New Orleans right here, and I'm in Indiana. Right. All right. <laughs> Music epicenters. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. That's awesome, though. What was it like growing up for you? Um, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. It was, um, I mean, New Orleans is known for the music, known for um, brass bands, known for known for big bands, marching bands, mm -hmm. which I marched in. Uh, all of my life, mm -hmm. um, I played trumpet as a as a youngster. Um, nice. I played tuba. I played tuba in, in my high school years, and um, and then transitioned over to singing like my later later high school years. So wow. Um, so yeah, I grew up in the music. Um, my all my family's in it. 
um, lots of singers, lots of performers and stuff like that. Of course. Who were uh, some early influences then for you guys? I mean, obviously in those cities, it really is a pretty easy answer, but maybe on more of a, a national and global scale, was there anybody you were like, I want to be that person? And we'll start with Emmy. Kid, I I was so just like infatuated with everything like Mariah Carey and Alicia Keys did. Just felt like everything that even they were featuring. You know how when you're like little, you can just like be obsessed with something and just like like want to emulate. I mean, yeah, those were two like really big ones. Um, in That's Whitney awesome. Houston, I was just always like blown away by um the soul and her runs and just everything. So those were three. I mean, they had nothing to do with Memphis, but. I would say for Memphis, I mean, there's a lot of people that perform there that aren't big names that I think should have made it yeah. just as much as the other people that have made it. Um, so I don't know. I just think Memphis like as a whole, like singers there that are unnamed have been super inspiring as well. Yeah, of course. And I think that's the beauty of cities like that. You know, of course, Chicago has a huge blues scene. And I was lucky enough to meet uh these legendary blues guys and i didn't know who they were but i've never seen somebody crush it with a bass guitar more than this guy and he had like he like brought a fan and had this shirt where like every time he was like just slapping it and i'm just like who is this guy and he like the fan was blowing on him and i was like dude these guys these they do it for the music right like they, they've got their own job, sure, they tour, but, like, you're right. And there are so many people in the world that are like that. And it's great to live in cities like Chicago, Memphis, and New Orleans because you get to see that firsthand. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they work super hard, and they, like, I mean, that's their, they've perfected their craft and everything. So, um, I mean, you know they're in it for the music when they've been doing it that long and keep doing it. Keep like, doing it. Yeah, this guy was, like, 75, and I was like, yo. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, what about you, Blue? So, um, I, I would say uh, for sure Donny Hathaway, mm. um, Stevie Wonder, yep. Louis Armstrong, um, uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yes. Um, shoot, man, Cash Money, No Limit. Like, I mean, I, I, like, I grew up listening to and learning under like a whole bunch of different things and a whole bunch of different genres of music mm -hmm. um commission take six like i mean it goes on and on because like, like um you know some some of it originated in church some of it originated out the church yeah some of it originated in school dances mm -hmm. you know and then i sang in a lot of groups as a kid so a lot of it originated there too yeah. So it just, it, it, you know, it often varies, varies different things for, in, in terms of who we listen to and, and stuff like that. It just kind of really depended. But, for sure. Um, but those are some of my favorites for sure. Love that, man. And, and on that note, Blue, do you remember, I guess, kind of being influenced by music and getting involved at such a young age where you said, okay, I like this music thing. I can make a career out of it. Do I really want to do it? Do you remember that moment where you really took that step? Um, yeah, I think so. I okay. think so. That's what I'm here um, to do. I'm opening up the back of your mind, man. That's what they pay right, me right. for. <laughs> so, so my mom, so my mom, my mom brought me to this cash money party, um, when I was about maybe 15 or so. Okay. The cool mom. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> I didn't want to and, say anything. I was like, way cooler. <laughs> this was, um, this was like my first 
kind of introduction into like um, ever like seeing anybody that had been on a radio or TV or anything like that. And and uh, baby had just bought Pat Swillen, um home in East Dover. So like um, it was kind of like some crazy stuff. You know what I mean? So yeah. she brought me there. Um, I met all of those cats, but most importantly, I met Slim. And uh, Slim just kind of took a liking to, to to me and to, to like my group members and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, one vivid memory I, I remember was um, we um, she said Slim had a birthday party, and it was like at some random uh, uh, apartment complex on the first floor, like the bottom floor of this apartment complex, and it was like a big ass field to get to the apartment complex so we walking through the field, walking the field like, it is no like nobody is in the field nobody's in the field we get to the little gate where you enter into the little sliding door yeah we open the got doggone door and i mean the room is packed like i'm talking about girls <laughs> Everywhere, yeah, everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. Now, a lot for a fifteen-year-old. What, what yeah. was going on was, what was going on was, Slim was having his birthday party, and mm. he wanted us to sing for the birthday party. Shit. So he had us come in through this back thing, sing for the party, and then dip out. And that was probably like the first time I was like, you know, I got to experience a little bit more of that. Like, right. <laughs> That's kind of where I want to, you know, that's that's where I want to be. You, you know? got a taste, so. man. That's a cool story. And props to your mom once again, because that's a cool-ass mom. She obviously, you know, parents in one way or another, they know they influence us. But to a deeper level, probably is hard for them to understand. And that's really cool that she exposed you to that, right? It was it was all just because she loved it, you loved it. What a good experience, man. Cool story. She knew. She knew you were something special. Love. What about you? I mean, what, do you remember that moment where you said, "Yeah, I'm gonna do this"? Um, uh, I guess yeah. It was when I was taking uh, voice lessons in Houston, and um, it was kind of just a hobby, like a side thing for me, mm-hmm. um, and kind of just a distraction from. We were down there getting um, treatment for my dad for his cancer, and so it was it was not only a distraction for me, but for my dad and my mom, and they would come to lessons. Um, well, my mom would when my dad was, like, in treatment and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was just kind of a pivotal point where it was just like, why wouldn't I do something that made me this happy that I'm getting the reassurance from, mm-hmm. um, that I'm being told I can do this, it's possible. Um, why would I hold back I'm like seeing someone's life almost be just like ripped from them so like it made me realize it's like I need to do the things that I love and I don't want to look back one day and realize that I was just working this job that was just so static and mm-hmm. like a groundhog day I, I want to be doing stuff I enjoy so when that's me one day I'm, I want to say that I was able to do it so yeah I think that was a big turning point for me for sure. I love that. That's a really cool story. And, and I saw, uh, was this the vocal coach, Tom McKinney? Yes. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Well, I, you, you, you delivered that nicely because this guy is a legend. <laughs> so casual. He's, awesome. <laughs> He's so great. Um, That's yeah, awesome. He is in Houston. Um, it just was kind of crazy how it all happened. Like, we let, my mom, I, had told her I was like I just I like 
I need to have something to do on the side. Um, I want to start taking voice lessons again because I took them when I was younger. So I was like, I'll just start taking that again. Um, And we had just done like a proximity run of like who's nearby, like who has good like ratings and all this. And um, we called and we're like, can we get a, uh, can we come in for a lesson? He's like, yeah. And it was his wife calling in the time she was like um mr tom only lets people try out to be his student and i was like what i was like i "I mean i'm down so i mean i feel like i was trying out for american idol yeah you guys want to interview each other i'll just watch (laughs) (laughs) so um, no so i tried out and he was just like yeah, you're in. And so I was like, that's great. I'm, and then I was kind of like, why are you so um, picky about students? And I didn't realize everyone wants to work with Tom because yeah. he's a great teacher. I mean, he his techniques and the way that he teaches his students is just so unreal. He just made it into, I think, the Houston Hall of Fame um, for yeah being a vocal coach. And he, he's done that multiple years in a row. So um he's worked with a ton of artists so it kind of just like being told that I can do this um from him was a huge huge thing for me because it kind of put it into life a little bit of acknowledgement goes a long way and I always try and and acknowledge people whether I know them or not um because a lot of times like we talked about at the beginning it's like you in a dark room being like do people like me? Is this good? Am I good? <laughs> right? And it only takes one person for you to make a difference. So um, right. when I first started doing this podcast, you know, a lot of people were like, wow, that's so cool. That's so awesome, right? Year goes by. That same excitement is in there. And I'm like, okay, like, I, I'm, so, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. And then like a year and a half in, I felt like I was losing momentum. And it was because people just weren't as interested about something new, right? And that's just the world we live in. But right. I stuck yeah. through, and, and next month it'll be four years doing this podcast, right? And it's just this crazy wow. up and down. And that's still not even like, that's nothing in the grand scheme of things. But what I've realized, especially during quarantine and the pandemic, whether or not it was just us three, and of course Jackie watching this interview, I would still love it so much because I feel that Having conversations like this with you guys is what life's all about. Like, I don't need to do yeah, it for anybody I would else. Have this conversation regardless. Yeah. Um, exactly. We were talking about that earlier. It's kind of funny that you said that. Like, just about having like reassurance. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, when when you first when I first started out uh, in the music, like telling me congrats this, congrats that, um, yeah. trying to like rekindle friendships and all this. Mm-hmm. But now I feel like. I put out music, and of course, like, my best friends um, say stuff, but I still have some friends that haven't acknowledged, like, my new single or just, like, um, Mm. just people that won't always give you that assurance, but they still support you. So it is, it's, I, like, am thankful for the ones that do, like, constantly boost and participate in this and that. And I have to remember, like, not everyone's going to, literally be on the sidelines of you the whole time but they could still acknowledge like everything that you're doing so it's yeah it's just weird how like someone's acknowledgement can make the world of a difference mentally oh yeah make a big difference absolutely mm-hmm. i wholeheartedly agree with you 
Blue Suede, so you you had a pretty significant thing happen to you at a young age, even before American Idol. Tell me about being 18 years old, getting picked up by Gumbo Funk, Virgin Records, and then the transition into getting onto American Idol. What was that time like in your life, man? I mean, you just told us a story. You're 15 years old. Fast forward three years, you're 18. I mean, that's a lot going on, man, seriously. So, like, yeah. props to you for just continuing to truck on, too. But what was that timeline experience like for you between 18 and American Idol? Man, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, so, um, I, signed on, I, I signed on with um, NOJ Gumbo Funk. Mm-hmm. And um, he, what he saw, I guess what he saw in me was just a young Eva cat that was um, um, already writing music, already... Um, performing at the top of at the top of my game at that time, mm-hmm. and just really giving it my all. Um, and so um, he, had, you know, he had just uh, signed his deal to Virgin, and I was kind of like one of the first artists um, that he was working with. Nice. Um, so I kind of I kind of got my feet wet in, in in the industry side of things, but more um, more so in the um, in the recording and production aspect of it, I really got a, a bird's eye view into how he worked, cool. how he did yeah. his thing, how he put records together. Uh, and the first person that I ever saw him working with was Ice Cube in his house. You know what I mean? So, you guys like, in your casual yeah, stories, was, man. Enough that, was with that. that was different for me. You know what I mean? Yeah, so that's like, awesome. I'm seeing all of this stuff, you know, and like this, this happens all the time now. Yeah. But like back then, Back then, just seeing that, it was kind of like, yeah. that's, you know, that's that's kind of where I want to be. I want to operate like that. So even sure. now, I still operate primarily out of the house. I operate out of my own studio. I don't really, you know. I, I I'm in my parents' basement, like so, like yeah, we're, we're, we're good to go there. You I, know what I, I mean? follow you, yeah. Right, right, <laughs> right. So, so, so after after I, I, I spent a little time with Gumbo Funk, um, I, I completed my deal, and I moved to Austin. And just started family life and, and started producing more. Because like I said, I learned kind of like about the production side of things. Sure. And um, and long story short, I got laid off from Dell um, once. I went back and then Katrina hit and my family got displaced. Man. And that's kind of how the whole American Idol thing started from there. Wow. What a, what, a, what a powerful story, man. And, and both of you on that point, I wanted to mention kind of the early, the early milestones. The hardest thing, like I just said, is consistency, right? Like picking it up behind the scenes, and it's because you guys love it. And, you know, it seems like a short period of time for all of us now, right? When you look back and you're like, wow, I don't even know what happened. But here I am now. You know, I just want to acknowledge you guys for – really just continuing it and uh you know when i was when i was reading up about you guys and looking at the music and all that stuff there are a lot of people in the industry that give up because it's easy to give up right but i can just tell from talking to you guys right now connecting with you you guys are all about what you're doing and it's so cool to see and and hear about your guys passion for the love of music because that's why i do this Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Of course. Awesome. Now, I want to talk about why we're here today. You guys, new collaboration, No Disturbance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm actually banging my hands. I just don't want to. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to make it sound like bad audio. The producer knows, right? Right, right. right. 
When did this idea come to life and sort of what was the connection you guys made? It was like the day of yeah. <laughs> that we recorded it. What? Yeah. Oh, that's the best. That never happens. Well, it's sometimes. We've been together but... for years and we're like, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, we've been writing together for years, like a couple years. Okay. Um, we've never sang together um, ever. So this was kind of new and we actually didn't know that he was even going to be on the track um, until he was doing the vocal production for my second verse. Okay. And I was like, I'm going to, I'm liking your voice on that track. So, I mean, <laughs> I was like, how about we just keep it for now? Um, yeah. And I'm all like, you got to come to Atlanta. We got to record it. <laughs> and I knew, the whole time, I knew the whole time I wasn't going to. But at the time I was like, mm-hmm. um, I'll come back and record it. And then I was like, so, <laughs> I was like, can, can you just record like, real take like on that and he did it and i was like yeah that's, that's the one Gosh, that is the best when that, <laughs> that happens <laughs> sometimes it does happen like that right with with a collaboration too um like you can go mm-hmm. in the studio and start from scratch even or you start from where you guys were at and then you're just like mm, yeah i got I, I think i know what to do here right and then you do it and the other right. person's like yeah, yeah yeah i think i know what to do here and then you're just both like yeah we know what we're doing here yep. <laughs> <laughs> i mean we had no i mean even that day we didn't even have a track picked out um nothing. we had nothing so there you go we were just kind of sorting through the ones that beat brendan Green Center. And that was one of the ones that Lou was singing on his ears. Um, I'm back. Oh, wait. Um, we were just kind of sorting through the beats that Beat Renegades gave us, and it was supposed to be a track on his EP. Mm. And so I was like, I really like that one. And so we started working with it. And uh, I mean, we wrote the whole thing probably in a couple hours. Guys, that's. And just had it down. It was. That's incredible. Seriously. Like. Crazy. Two creators coming together in the studio. That's I feel like awesome. it doesn't usually happen like that. Right, no. right. It was so easy, like, to collaborate because once we kind of got our mindset on this theme, it was easy to for us to put our feelings into it because it's something that we could all relate to. Yeah, for sure. And and so, when did you guys actually like get in the studio? Because the track was just released the thirty first of July, or very recently in the past three weeks. Thirty first mm-hmm. of July, yeah. Yeah. So, how long was the timeline there? I guess from door to door in the studio until July thirty first. Oh, so we okay. The track was done in a day. We have been sitting on this track <laughs> for months. Oh, like, that's the gosh. Months. Yeah. Um, I know it sucks to hear that. I know. I know. Sucks. I know how it goes. Um. So I don't really know why. I think that we were just kind of like. I think I wanted her to record her verse. And then, and then once he sent it, I swear, whenever he sent it back with his real verse, yeah, then it was like, all right, go done, go done. I was like, we gotta release this. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it was immediately after he did his, but um, for the longest time, we we're just kind of waiting. Oh, well, it's out now, so the weight is off your shoulders. Congratulations on the big release. Now you guys also just finished a music video for it, right? I saw some videos of the editing. When's that going to come out? Absolutely. 
Friday. Friday. I'm excited. All I think right. I'm cut of it tonight, so I'm anxious to see what it looks like. Yeah. Where Where did you guys shoot it? Can you hear me? We shot. We shot in Nashville, which is where we came in town. Been here a week. Nice. Um, of it, I guess part at Lumen Studio. And then the second half we did at my friend Kirby's house, and um, she just has this great setup, like all crisp, clean walls. Like the lighting was great, so I was like, we have to do it there. And so we just did the two spots, and it was it ended up being awesome. Well, shit. I mean, you both got you guys clean up good, so that's gonna be a sexy video, no doubt about that. I'm excited. <laughs> it was crazy. Thank you. It was crazy. Jackie's popping popcorn. Yeah, I'm excited. Me to too, Jackie. You know, I just. <laughs> Party. <laughs> little popcorn party sounds good that's awesome guys again congratulations on on such an awesome track um you know on that note kind of what we were talking about before right like with no shows and no uh, live opportunities to share our music did you guys feel like i guess since this has come about in 2020 are you writing lyrics differently are you producing lyrics differently knowing that you may not be able to perform them live for an unknown amount of time are you guys thinking about music any differently or it's same same thing um no i, I we, we talked about earlier for this one song that we're writing and um he even said he was like well when you do it live you're gonna want it to sound this way so it's just like if if we make it feel like we're gonna do it live mm -hmm. it gives us a sense of normality and we'll work just as hard because i want like the song to be just as good the radio as it is in a performance yeah, so our mindset like that in that regard um hasn't really changed just because it's entertainment like people want to see a performance so yeah. i think regardless um you have to write songs that cater to that yeah. too yeah absolutely now as far as as far as the times as far as the times definitely right yeah you know the lyrics that, yeah the lyrics mm -hmm. you know towards that but not not like i don't want to i don't want to Give me six feet and all that kind of, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. nah, I don't want to put that necessarily in a song like that, mm -hmm. unless that's absolutely what the, you know, what the, the whole outline of the, the, the meaning is. But right. I don't want to, I don't want to give it that much weight, honestly. I like, I would like to forget this shit ever happened, honestly. Yeah, you know for I mean? sure. And I, I think that's kind of the coolest part is, <clears throat> not that making music to perform live. I guess maybe in just terms of like production is like, okay, I just needed to be loud. I needed to have a sick bass line and I needed to be a catchy melody, right? It's like, right. we're going a little deeper in all forms of music production, whether it be hip hop, rap, house music, dance music, pop music, right? I'm seeing all these right. different types of creativity within the genres. And what I'm seeing even more so is cross collaboration more than ever before. A rapper with an EDM producer or a country singer with a hip-hop producer, right? I mean, I think you guys know uh, Austin Tolliver, right? Kind of what, uh, yes. what, he, what he's doing. Yes, that came to mind when you said that. Exactly, exactly. So I, I love that yeah. stuff. Like, as a DJ myself, um, to a certain extent, I get kind of sick of the same song and dance. You know what I mean? Like, no pun intended. Right. And I, I think it's going to be really cool <laughs> to see when this shit comes back. However it comes back, what music people will want live, right? Because yeah. what it's going to come down to, um, 
you know, I'll get off my soapbox here in a second. I'm just like so interested in how music industry is going to change. I really want to know, like, there's not going to be any more of those people with clout, with local relationships, with people that they partied with 10 years ago and they're still doing that. It's going to be people. We're on the same playing field. Yeah. It's the same playing field. We're all, it's a big wet rag and that, the big fucking droplets that came on late, we are the rag. We are the rag, right? I'm on, I'm on fire. <laughs> like, we are the fibers of this shit. And when it comes back, agents, promoters, event uh, organizers are going to say, we got to book the people that were still doing shit in the offseason and that are true artists, right? It's like, you, people got to sell tickets. That's kind of, it's it's the essence of business is making money, right? right. And, you know, we do the creativity side to make that happen so we can make money. But when it all comes back, people are going to be like, all right. We have lost a lot of time. I don't have I don't have the options or the opportunities or the volume to book all these people I used to have relationships with, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you guys are thinking to yourself, yeah, let's just keep doing this and our names will be heard, right? Absolutely. Right, right. 100%. That's, consistency is key. That's, mm-hmm. that's, I always preach that. Like, I got to stay consistent. We got to stay consistent. We just got to keep... In the social media platform, too, I'm just like, I mean, you can get discovered on a stage singing on Broadway, or you could get discovered on your own platform mm-hmm. doing a cover song. Um, so true. Because you're not performing in front of people all the time doesn't mean that you're not, not reaching... Yeah, you're not reaching a crowd or anything. So who's to say this song, like, a song couldn't get picked up? Um, I don't know. Like... You get a label record, record deal or whatever. I don't know. I think there's a lot that you can do digitally. Yeah, everything's in the cards at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. And a huge thing right now is, is people thinking about how can I make money as a recording artist, right? And now people are making different types of music music for movies and TV shows and commercials right. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Are you guys familiar with any of that stuff, just sort of syndication? I feel like Blue Suede is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I have a few placements in the, in the movie and TV game. Um, I had the pleasure of working with um, um, uh, the movie Rebel. It's a, it's a you, you ever heard of John Singleton? Yeah, for sure. So I worked with Mr. John Singleton, rest in peace, on uh, on that small mini series, and it was amazing to be included in something like that. It was pivotal for me mm-hmm. just to be in the in the room with somebody that huge. Um, so yeah, yeah, and then um, I've worked with um, I Rock. Uh, on a lot of different placement things and um adam blackstone on a lot of different placement things so Mm -hmm. yeah that's awesome and it's it's cool because you know i just um i released a clip from an interview i had with a dj recently and it was going just about going outside your comfort zone right and the biggest thing about that is if you think you're some sort of producer it can be so hard because you get pigeonholed into thinking well that's the path i have to take so if i waste my time learning other types of stuff then I'm going to waste time on what I'm already having success at. And, right. you know, for, for myself, an example, if I think about all the aspects of my brand as a bar graph, you're never going to have them all on the same level, right? right. Mm-hmm. Shows are going great. My music's not, I'm slacking on my music. Music's right. going great. My shows aren't going great, right? But it's like this give and take constantly. And I right. feel like you guys understand that, right? And you're trying new things. You're going outside your comfort zone. And there are going to be producers and artists and singers who are like, yeah, you know what? I'm not doing that right now, but I'm going to try this. And maybe you find a new passion that you never thought you had time for, right? Yeah. Absolutely. For the longest time, I I mean, I can relate to that. I feel like I was mainly just singing. Like, I mean, 
you can have any artist that's really good that's hitting the riffs and the runs and this and that mm-hmm. but if they're not songwriting as well it's like what's what's, what's the point? I mean you're not going to make it anywhere if you don't have original music you can do covers all day at like a wedding or something but yeah. um, I mean you're not going to become a, an artist unless you start doing that so that's I mean, I had to learn how to compensate a little bit for that. I mean, I think one will always be, they're never going to be equal. Yeah. Um, but just like work, being able to admit that and work on it um, and grow each, I think is super important. Yep. Yeah. Just trying to balance. And it's fun to do. It's mm-hmm. fun to do. It's fun to just. It's fun when you're not good at like. Shopping, that, shopping those skills. Yeah. You got to laugh at yourself, right? That's the only way you're going to yeah. make it through life. Absolutely. Now, you guys have mentioned this already a few times, but, you know, if, if you're willing to share some a question I always love asking, especially for artists and stuff, right? Like, I've mentioned the dark room by yourself, obstacles that we all have to overcome, right? And, um, Emmy, you mentioned it with your father. Uh, Blue Suede, you mentioned it sort of with Hurricane Katrina. Um, what, what was maybe a moment where you guys thought, this is going to be tough to get through, you got through, and now it's made you stronger? If you can think of something off the top of your head. And we'll, we'll start with Blue Suede on this one. Okay. Um, I think like the hardest thing for me, um, was I moved to LA for a little bit mm-hmm. and I had crazy situations lined up. I was working through this situation and everything kind of came to a halt and I was homeless for a whole, for a whole minute, you yeah. know? So I was, so that coming out of that was like, um, that was like a big wake up call for me. Um, it was a good way for me to kind of understand that. Um, anybody can get it, you know. What I mean, it's not. Yeah. It's, it, it's not a. It's not an easy world. It's not a fair world. It's just a world, you know. So. Yeah. Um, we all living in it. We got to get it the same way everybody else does. So I mean, so, you know, that kind of transformed me in a whole lot of ways. Um, it definitely made me go hard tenfold, and um, yeah, it just it, it made me become more of a consistent um, artist. I would say. For sure. Love that, man. Thank you for sharing. That's that's crazy, for real. I mean, shit. I feel like a lot of people go to L.A. and they think it's just going to happen for you, right? But right. no matter what size fish you are, man, there's always a bigger fish, right? Absolutely. And- <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. That, that's cool, man. Thank you for sharing. Um, I would say, I guess, yeah, whenever I was going through um, – that whole time of my life with my parents and just my dad being sick, it's just, you you just, it's this vulnerable spot where you don't realize if it's ever going to end. And um, just not taking things as for granted and kind of felt, I used to get so worried, like, what do people think if I do this? Or like, yeah. what does society expect me to do? Yeah. Um, but if you kind of, I mean, when you see a loved one going through something like that, you forget all of that you're like focus on the focus on what literally makes me want to wake up every day because one day you're not going to get that chance um and so just kind of getting out of my own way like that was a big hurdle for me and just like being able to realize um it doesn't matter what other people think I I just think for the longest time it's as selfish that it's kind of selfish to think that people care that much about what you do and so just realize like actually working and just doing what you want and not really caring about what other people think it was a big um hurdle for me it's so hard to not get in your own way and Mm -hmm. 
to a certain extent, you do have to get in your own way, right? Because you got to hold yourself accountable. I mean, like I told you guys, when I was kind of at year two of the podcast, I was just like, yeah, it's okay to take a week off, right? Like, nobody cares. And I was like, second I said that, I was like, no. you got to pretend yeah. like some record label A&R is on your ass and is like, hey, Sherman the Booth, ready to go? Can you send us the preview? Yeah. You know, you guys ready to release? And I'm just like, yeah, all right. Let me tighten up my tie. Okay, we're ready to go. <laughs> you are in charge of yourself. And you're in charge of um, what you do with your talents and gifts. And no one's going to be your biggest fan but you. I, like, there's people that will root you on but, like, hope that you fail. And I just think that, like, you are your biggest fan and should always try to be. So just if you get in your way, then, like, there's not going to be someone saying, come on, let's, like, do this. Like, you have to put your foot down and, like, my dad just... I was going to say, is your dad, Coach Michael Neal, like, I love this guy. Keep grinding. (laughs) Blue is relentless. I'm like... Everybody does. This guy's comments. I'm a, I'm a it's not big. Be the last time. <laughs> coach Mike O'Neill. That is what I'm talking about right there. Yes, well, I hope he must be actual coach. My mom's a coach, and I, oh, his, yes, he is. his, yeah. his just rhetoric here, just like simple but sweet but real and raw statements. Keep grinding. He, he just retired. He's a football coach, um, high school. Um, Mike, so, yeah. you're so a certified. High school. Come back to He's Memphis. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's awesome! That's awesome. Uh, well, I've never done this before. Uh, Emmy, I want to ask a favor if you're willing to do this for me. Yes. Okay, I wanted to wait for you said yes. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> you mentioned covers, but as a DJ, all I do is play other people's music, pretty much. So I would love to hear if you could do one of these songs for me and. Before I say the songs, I just want to let you know, like, these are guilty pleasures of mine that I would play last song of the night. And I think you know the words to most of them, but you can you can pick, okay? First things first, you mentioned Alicia Keys. If I Ain't Got You. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm. <laughs> Alicia Keys, no makeup, most badass singer, female right. singer, in my opinion, of all time. Just mm-hmm. get out the way. Love her. This one, I mean... I, it kind of brings a tear to my eye, even though it's a happy song. Uh, Girl, put your records on, Corinne Bailey Ray. <laughs> Love that one too. Yeah. And this one, the pitch bender, I will always love you, Whitney Houston. <sighs> now up to you. I will always love you, Whitney Houston. Girl, put your records on, Corinne Bailey Ray. If I ain't got you, Alicia Keys. And we'll take as much as we I can get. You. We don't want to shut down the stream. Oh yeah. I'm just taking a potty break. Yeah, just me and you, girl. Hey, I swear, if you go warm up, you're gonna make, he's like down there doing his vocals. Cast. He's like, hey, I got a song better than Mary. La, 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 la. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. None of that happened. Um, you're hilarious. I'll do it if I ain't got you. Some people want it all, and I don't want nothing at all. If it ain't you, baby, if I ain't got it, you, baby, some people want diamond rings, and some just want everything, but everything means nothing, if I ain't got you, yeah. He's still not back. Oh, my God. Some people search yeah. for water fountain. Promises forever young. 
Some people need three dozen roses, and that's the only way to prove you love them. <laughs> oh my gosh. Emmy, can I just say Tom McKinney picked you for a reason? That was amazing. Thank you. I you got, appreciate it. You got a great voice. There's that's and I always ask about the live aspect. I brought it up a few times is because there is something different about a real raw singer. You know what I mean? When you actually start singing like you something came out of you that wasn't in the recording sessions, right? You know it, you felt it. I like I prefer live. I to be honest, I think I sound better live yeah. than I do on a, just because there's so much, like, you don't know what's edited, or you don't know, um, you take out riffs and the runs, and just, like, the rawness of it, mm-hmm. and I prefer to hear people live, too, so maybe that's why I think that I sound better, but I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm going to record that for myself and maybe make it a lullaby every night, if, if that's okay. <laughs> I'll charge you, roy- I'll give you royalties. <laughs> I don't want, I don't, I, you know. <laughs> Blue suede, you can, can you give me something? A little something? Sure, sure, Just a little sure. musical snack. Your choice. Um, Dealer's choice, man. Perfect, perfect. Um, let's see. Um. Conditioning on, I am so hot right now. <laughs> Mom, Mom, meatloaf! <laughs> wow. Jeez. That was awesome, guys. <laughs> my man, thank you. Look at my mom. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mom. Sorry. You know the O'Neills are just sitting right next to each other. Like, what are you going to comment? What are you going to comment? What are you going to comment? <laughs> yeah, they probably are. They're probably like, put this. This is great. Right, right. Oh, my gosh. Guys, that was incredible. Thank you so much for doing that. I know you guys do this for a living and a profession, but it means a lot, seriously. Thank you. Thank and, you. And once again, love the track, No Disturbance. Um, I, I am going to add it to my playlist right after this. And it's well-deserved. This has been such a pleasure. You guys keep killing it. Let's stay in touch. Shout-out to Jackie, of course, for lining this up. And um, we're going to share this next week again, okay? Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Dope being with you, man. Yeah, seriously, guys. It was great to connect. I mean, Austin and I still text, so we're going to hang out, okay? I promise. When this is all said and done, we're all going to hang out. We're going to get some beers. Maybe in Memphis, but please don't take advantage of me, okay? All right, guys, you rock. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Bye. Have a good one.